Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. So it's a, it's a really cool, that's a, for the camp we're going to, the, the high school summer conference we're going to this year, over 20,000 students from across the country will attend. The camp we're going to is down in San Diego this year, and it's sold out. There's over 1,200 kids that are going to be there at that one, um, believers and non-believers alike. So it's amazing. I've done my plug. I'm moving on. <laughs> um, uh, the last thing I wanted to remind last week, um, we, you got to hear about Uganda and the trip that Rick Small and myself uh, went on in April, and we showed you guys a video um, from that, and we also gave everyone an opportunity to adopt um, an orphan over there uh, and partner with Hope for Kids. If any of you guys are still interested about that or praying about that, we have them at the help desk. So far, we've sponsored over 60 last week, which is amazing. I'll give you guys a... Yeah, it's very exciting. So uh, in this video, uh, a lot of us may have looked at that and been like, man, it's so, it's so weird that they live like that. You know, it's so weird that they live like in a hut and, you know, how they cook their food and what they eat. And it's just, it's just weird uh, that, that people in other countries live the way that they do. Uh, the way they live is strange. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about is the way that we live is strange. I think it's a little weirder. Uh, it's the weirdest. Um, for, for those of you who don't, don't know, that there's over um, half of this world lives on less than $2 a day. Over half. 53 out of 100, if you put in a room, lives on less than $2 a day. What we saw on that video. Um, that's, that's, it's $2. This is, let me show you. This is $2. This is what they live on a day. Well, here. Let me show you something. Everyone, see, everyone, she like even moved like, eh, don't hit me with a dollar. <laughs> so did she, just like almost hit her. They don't even care. People, people from other countries or even here, 53 out of 100 would be like, what did he just do? He just threw $2 out? You won't even believe what Larry just did today at church. He just threw $2 out. Oh my gosh, you know, that's like everything. That's a day. And people are like, <laughs> don't hit me with a dollar. I'm going to go after that and try to catch that. That's weird. 53 out of 100 live on a dollar a day. And Benicia, according to the 2009 census, um, the average per day, the high average per day is somewhere around $250 a day. So if I would have thrown out $200 bills, maybe somebody would have grabbed at it. You know, $200, that's, that's a day's wage, about $4,000 a month. Um, and the low, the, the low poverty line for Benicia, this area specifically, is $2,500 a month, uh, $125, $125 per day. So the, the low end in this world is that, I'll tell you specifically, 1.4 billion people worldwide live on $1.25 less a day. The lowest in Benicia lives on $125 per day. That's 100 times more. 100. Listen to me. 100 times more than 1.4 billion people. And $2 a day. That's 125 to 250 times what people make in this world. 53 out of 100. Sitting in a room on our laptops and our phones and people look over and be like, you're like one of the four people that actually have all that? I mean, that's cool. But my point is, 
is you're rich. I'm rich. And that puts that us at a serious disadvantage spiritually. Jesus said it puts us at a serious disadvantage spiritually because we're rich. And we are rich. And we need to accept that and understand that. We're very rich, stupid rich. I've like lost so much sleep this week thinking about how rich I am. And yet, other people, I mean, even in, in when I was in Uganda, I think I actually made the dumb comment of someone saying, oh, yeah, you're white, you have so much money, and saying, no, I don't have that much money. And then I thought about this week, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am, like, filthy, stupid, rich. And I'm saying, no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm broke. I don't have all the money I need. And then I hear people, you know, you know these people that make probably 100 times more than what you make a day or 50 times, and you hear them say, I'm, I'm broke, I'm poor, you know, I need more. And we look at them, think about how everyone looks at us. We're the weird ones. What's weirder is the way that we, people look at ourselves and we don't think that we're rich. Jesus says, it is so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said it is so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's why it puts us at the serious disadvantage spiritually. And he talks about this in the Bible in Luke 18. Luke 18 says this. Verse 18 says, A certain ruler asked him, so a a person who has great wealth, so uh, someone who's like us, a, a rich man, Asked him, this is Jesus who he's talking to, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So a, a rich man, one of us, uh, is, is asking Jesus, what must I do to go to heaven? So just like us, probably why a lot of us are here, we're rich and we want to go to heaven. So he's saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In verse 19, why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. He says, all these, all these things I've kept since I was a little boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When this rich man, when this ruler heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, I know how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this then asked, who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is possible with men What is impossible with men is possible with God. It's only possible with God. So this rich man goes to him and names off uh, and says, what do I got to do to get in heaven? What what can I do? Just tell me how I can get the treasure, the end all. And he says uh, many things. He names off five of the Ten Commandments. And he says, well, I've been doing those. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I work hard. And he says, but you're missing one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And that makes him so sad because he's, he's a rich man. He's worked hard for what he has. And Jesus says, man, I know you rich people. It is so tough. 
It is so tough for you. It, in, in fact, it's easier to cram a camel through the eye of a needle than for you to get into the kingdom of God. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. Only God. It's not possible on, on, a, on a human level. Only possible through God. I've been studying this all week, and I've heard numerous sermons uh, about this topic, and I remember reading about it, trying to dissect it and learn more. What does he mean by the eye, a camel going through the eye of a needle, and how crazy is that? And I came up with uh, what it is. I finally uh, feel like I figured out what Jesus was trying to say. I figured it out. What Jesus is saying is that it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's exactly what he's saying. I think it's just that, that it's hard. Uh, I'm going to show you uh, an example I've used in youth group before. Uh, it just works all the time. So here's a rope. Imagine this rope goes on forever. It kind of does. It goes on forever, and it just like goes on forever. This rope is like eternity, life forever. This is it. And this little red spot right here, this is us here on this earth. This is us. And that's us too. And it goes on. But this is the time that we have on this earth. And, and what I noticed is, and I do this too, is that we're like here and we like work really, really hard and gain all this stuff to be like really comfortable here. Not here. Sometimes we totally forget about here. When, when you talk to people about God, and we, and we bring that up, and you do things like uh, sacrificial things and, and give to the poor, people look at you like, why, why, why would you just like, get rid of everything and sacrifice so much? I mean, that's weird. That's not normal. Well, you're right, because a lot of us don't think about there. That goes on forever. Because the things, when we do those things, we're thinking about there, not here, you know? this little time right here instead of this time all through here. That's what we need to invest into. It's so hard. Jesus says, it is so hard. And it's so hard. You, you see, he, he later on says, Peter said, well, well we've, left, we've left everything to follow you. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times much in this age, in this age to come, eternal life. Jesus then predicts his death, and then he goes on to heal a blind beggar. And then in Luke 19, the next chapter, we meet and hear a story of a man named Zacchaeus. See, Jesus enters Jericho, and he was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he, he was wealthy. He was a rich man. And he wanted to see Jesus, who he was, but because he was a short man, he couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw what had just happened. It began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. 
and, I have che- and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this house. See, the impossible happened. You hear that it's like impossible through human sacrifice way. But through God, the impossible happened. The impossible happened that day. He found this treasure. See, the kingdom of God is like, like Zacchaeus. Like someone who goes in a field and digs and finds a treasure and is like, oh my gosh, I've got to have that. I've got to sell everything I have to get that, that field. I'll, I'll give it, you can have it all because that is so good. I have got to have the treasure. I've got to have all of it. I will give anything to have this. I'll give anything to have God. That's all, that's all there is. The kingdom of heaven, that's why we're here, right? Heaven, to have God, that's it. The kingdom of heaven is, is not weighing it out like, mm, I, I mean, I don't know, there's this stuff and there's this really, there's you and there's this great treasure. And No, the kingdom of heaven is, is everything. No, nothing, just you, all of you. It's so rare because money things, money does weird things to people. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Man, money thing, money does weird things to people. How many times have you ever heard, man, money's done weird things to me? You don't hear that. Guys, money's done weird things to us. We're at such a disadvantage. It's done weird things to us. Jesus says that the thing with money is that it gives you like this false sense of security. We get this false sense of security because of money. You start feeling safer the more that you have rather than finding security in God. The more you have, the less you're inclined to, to feel needy. The more you have, the less you're inclined to feel needy. Or the more you have, the more you think you need to have to feel secure instead of finding your security in God. I need... That's, that's a lot of times a lot of our prayers. God, give me more money. I mean, I'm so stressed about money. Will you give me money? It's like, man, you need me. Jesus uh, wrote these seven letters uh, in the book of Revelations. And one of, them, he was, uh, one of them was a pretty wealthy one. And when I, when I read this, it reminds me of America. It reminds me of the American church. See, he's writing these letters to these churches and it, and it sounds like, it freaks me out how similar this is. It's the church in Laodicea. It's crazy when you read it. We're going to read it right now because you think that's, that's like so us. That's like the American church. That's, that's almost as it's scary because it's, it's like not a nice letter. So it like freaks me out when I read this. He says in this Revelations 3.14, To the angel of the church in Laodicea, These are the words of amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Now, I'm not, not going to go like deep into this passage and figure out like the geography of it and where it was and the history and all, all the details because I think sometimes we miss the point when we dig in that deep. It's like really simple. He says, look it, you're not cold, you're not hot, 
You're not on fire for me. Uh, you like make me gag. It like, it's gross. It's like not uh, the hot coffee that you have. It's like when it's been sitting there for a couple hours and you think it's still hot for some reason. You pick it up and you're like, oh. And it's not like, like an iced uh, a coffee. It's like, um, it's lukewarm. It's like getting in a pool that be refreshed, but it's lukewarm. Like, ugh, just feels sick. That's what God's saying. You're not like cold. You're not like hot and on fire and burning for me. Man, I wish you were one or the other. You're just lukewarm. It just, it just, sit, it just disgusts me. It makes me gag. I'm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. You're not on fire. And he, and he says, because, because in verse 17 it says, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy fire from me, gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. See, this... This church, they were kind of like laid back about God. They were totally like, hey, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm really dependent on God. I'm, I'm kind of laid back. I've got like just enough of him. They, they weren't like sitting there screaming, give us this day our daily bread. They weren't saying, God, today, oh my God, I need food. Can you please feed me? No, they didn't need that. God, God, I need a home. Can you please give me shelter? No, I mean, we don't, need, we don't really need God for food. We don't really need God for a home. We don't really need God for our clothes. You know, we can, we can get our clothes and food and a home. I mean, we don't really need God for anything. I mean, we have retirement kind of set up. We don't really need to depend on him for our daily necessities. And that's kind of who this church was, just kind of like laid back about it. Like, I, I, I mean, God's good. I've got it. And it creates this sense of security that makes us feel like we're not a needy person, that they're not needy, and that we're not needy. No one in the right mind would look at uh, these people or us and say, man, how needy those people are. Those people in Benicia, they are so needy. They are one group of needy people. They are hurting. And God says they are. They are needy. They don't get it. They don't get they they actually are wretched in my eyes. They're pitiful. They're blind. They're naked. It's disgusting because of their view of me. Because some of them are on fire for me. Are you on fire for God right now? Ask yourself that this morning. Are you on fire for God right now? See, my, my concern for many of you in this room right now, and I'm not here judging you. I'm not here judging anybody up here. I've been judging myself all this week. But many of you would probably say it yourself. Many of you probably sit there this, yourself this morning and say, I'm, 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 I'm lukewarm. I'm not hot or cold. I mean, I'm not on fire for God. I mean, I got, I got enough. I'm lukewarm. You'd say that about yourself. If I would ask you, are you on fire right now or lukewarm? Many of you would say lukewarm. What concerns me more than many of us saying that we're lukewarm 
is that many of us will say we're lukewarm and walk out of this room today and 10 minutes later we won't do anything about it. What concerns me most, what keeps me up at night, is that many of us will walk out of this room and say, yeah, we're lukewarm and we don't want to do anything about it. We've like planned our life out that way to be lukewarm. We've got just enough God in our life. We don't want to be on fire. We don't want to be challenged to be on fire because, I mean, on fire is kind of crazy. I mean, I think of on fire and I think cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I look at the majority of the American church and they don't want to be on fire. They want a little bit of God. They want to be able to raise their kids. You know, it's good to go to church and have God and, you know, give morals to my kids. And, you know, it feels good to serve a little bit, you know, in the nursery. You know, it feels good to give a little bit, you know. It feels good. It does. It's supposed to. But what I want more of is money. What I want more of is stuff. You know, my, my house isn't big enough. I need more of that. But I, I think I got enough God in my life right now. That's what concerns me most. That's what scares me. And it's crazy that that's the goal, that not only are we lukewarm, but we're like lukewarm and we're loving it. And I would hate for anyone to challenge you to be on fire for God. Do you understand this passage? What does lukewarm equal? Spit out. You know, so some people will say, well, will you explain that part a little bit more? I mean, spit out. I mean, those are big. I mean, what do you want me to say? You know, it comes from the Greek, hock. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hock. People would ask this, well, well, does that necessarily mean that if I'm lukewarm, uh, that I'm going to go to hell? Because if I'm spit out, I mean, if I'm spit out, does that out out of his mouth, can I still be saved? I mean, because grace is gigantic. Can I say, well, you, I mean, you read it. Look at the words. You're wretched. You're pitiful. You're poor. You're blind. Are those words you hear from a believer? I was once blind, but now I'm blind? Because <laughs> if you get it, you won't be lukewarm. I'm telling you guys, I've been sick this week with myself. I'm talking to you about my salvation I mean, I ask myself, do I really want to know God's will for my life? And we've talked about this before. It is scary stuff. I mean, God is so good, but he's saying, come on, guys, I'm God. It is so hard for you when we're rich. And it's not about works to be on fire for God. We've talked about that for seven weeks as we went through Galatians. It's not about if you do more, you'll be on fire. Do more stuff, you'll be on fire. You serve more, you'll be on fire. No, it's not about that. The person that understands the kingdom of heaven is the person that goes, wow, you're kidding me. I could have that. I could have that? And all, I mean, take it. That's what the kingdom of God is. And God sees the people that weigh their options. He sees us weigh our options. That is uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know if I want to be uncomfortable. And God, I mean, 
uh, I could have this and that. And God just looks at me and goes, that, that like disgusts me. I mean, God, the, the creator of this earth who spoke us into existence, says, seriously, you're weighing your riches and your wealth over me? You on this little planet earth and this little spot with your stuff on this little patch of dirt. And you're saying that or me? I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I mean, that's gross. Our riches, he, he says to us that, and me that our riches, your riches have so blinded you that you don't see it as dung. You don't see all that stuff as a big pile of crap, which is exactly what it is. You don't get it that you actually think that it's great stuff and you've been blinded by it. He goes, and it just, just makes me sick that you would compare me wondering if I'm valuable enough. The kingdom of heaven is a guy who goes, duh, like Zacchaeus. It wasn't like he moped down and said, oh, dinner, that's intense. I'm not prepared. I mean, oh, you're going to ask me to give you things to be close to you? No. He goes, oh, my gosh, Lord, to have you? Not like the guy before that goes, oh, I'm sad. That's tough. No, this is the, he's wealthy too. To have you, wait a minute, I can have you? I'll give half of everything that I own to the poor, and the other half I'm going to pay back to anyone who I've wronged. If you don't stand, you, so, so we understand what lukewarm is now. You shouldn't do anything until you get that right. Until you get that right with God. Are you on fire for God? Or are you lukewarm? If you're lukewarm, don't go to work tomorrow. My God, we got to get on our knees like today. I'm telling you, friends, this has been scared me. It's kept me up at night. Don't do anything. I mean, it, we don't want to end lukewarm. That's not how we want to end. Don't do anything. Don't end lukewarm. And then, and then, and then I, why, is it, why are his words so harsh? I mean, those are big words. I mean, that's big stuff. Why is it so harsh? And we see right after that in verse 19, it says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. He's saying, I love you. I don't want to spit you out. But don't do this. I love you and I'll rebuke you. And maybe I'll let things happen in your life that'll wake you up. I've been uh, really struggling with what's the most loving thing. I mean, because this is an intense subject. <laughs> what's the most loving thing I can say uh, this morning? And it's been really tough on me this week. What the most loving thing I can say to you guys this morning? And um, that's this. is I lose sleep, friends, for students in this community, for the parents in this community, for the people at this church, even in this room today. I'm, I'm so afraid that those of us may walk out of this room and be lukewarm and we're going to hell. I mean, hell, have, have we heard that word so many times that we just don't even get what it means anymore? Eternal punishment. It freaks me out. It wakes me up in the middle of the night to think that my friends are going to go to hell. They're going to be spit out. Like I said, I mean, I've talked about myself. Don't, don't think this doesn't happen to me. I mean, I'm sitting here too in one of the most comfortable places on this planet, America, in the Bay, in the United States. 
I mean, it's comfortable here. My house, my car, my nice little family. And I've been sitting here too going, God, do, do I really, am I really willing to give everything up for you? Am, am, I, am I like getting too comfortable? I mean, with riches and things? I mean, it happens to me too. I, I, get, I, I'm, I'm, I get super comfortable. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be lukewarm. Are there, are there those of you in here who are on fire for God? I know there's some of you. It says, here I am. God says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock in verse 20. If anyone hears my voice and, and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person and they with me. He says, look, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to spit you in the mouth. I love you. I want to, there's so much better for you. I'm right here. I'm waiting for you. Just knock it off. It is so hard for you, and I know it, but it's possible through me. In 21, it says, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat on the throne with my father. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has said to the churches. To the one who's victorious, we can beat this. See, there's this huge road of destruction, the Bible says, of, of lukewarmness, destruction, going this way, plowing through. But he says, there's this little narrow road going this way, and only few will find it. Very few rich people will find this. Going the other way, saying, no, man, I don't leave it all because, God, I just got to have you. I want the treasure the road to destruction is wide, but he says, to the kingdom of heaven is so narrow. He says, if you're victorious, you can overcome that and find that road and be victorious. I give you the right to sit at my throne with me. And it's so cool because in the next chapter of Revelation 4, you read what that looks like. As John goes up and sees what it looks like and how beautiful it is and, 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 and there's all of these people bowing down and laying their crown at the, at, the, at the feet of the throne and there's a person standing there with light shining and jewels, covered in jewels and it's God and he's there and, and, the, and people bowing down saying, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty and there's these creatures all around and he says, you can sit here with me. It's the treasure. Do you get it? I'm talking about God. So I don't want you to feel like I'm manipulating you into anything. And I want you guys to have some personal time with the Lord this morning to ask yourself these questions. And they're in your bulletin on the very bottom. And I'm just going to give you guys some quiet time for a couple moments. And, and, and I want you to, to think about praying these prayers. To ask God, God, Will you reveal areas in my life in which I am lukewarm? Reveal areas in, in my life in which I'm lukewarm. And, and if you want to take it a step further, you can say, God, will you, will you give me strength in the areas of weakness? God, give, give me strength in my areas of weakness. And if, if you really want to go there, ask God to do, God, do whatever it takes to get me on fire for him. I mean, that's a scary prayer. Whatever. That's a scary word. God, whatever it takes. I want to be lukewarm. 
I don't want to be spit out. It's so hard, but it's possible with you. God, do whatever it takes to be on fire. I just want to give you guys some moments to just pray that prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California. Thank you.